Miracy. Hello, and welcome to Just Between Coaches, the show that answers burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. I'm your host, Melinda Cohen. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. Today, we are proud to be celebrating our 100th episode. Woo-woo! And there is no one I'd rather do that with than my business partner, mentor, and friend, Kate Steinbacher. Yippee! Keep watching for a ton of fun and a lot of laughs. Are you ready, Kate? Yeah. Welcome, welcome, dear listeners from wherever you are. I am so excited, like woohoo excited. We are going to have fun on this special day because it's our 100th episode and we're recording this with video for our YouTube podcast channel, Miracy FM. So if you're listening to this on audio only and you want to see our faces, come on over to YouTube. Kate, and a giant big welcome to you. Thanks, Melinda. I am so thrilled to be here celebrating this amazing milestone of 100 episodes. Wow. Just between coaches for 100 episodes. That's right, Kate. The show has reached a remarkable milestone that just, it fills my heart with gratitude, with excitement. And I kick off this celebration first by thanking our listeners for the unwavering support throughout almost two years that I've been doing this. It's been a fantastic journey, and I'm thrilled to have reached this milestone together with you. You know, when I first started this podcast, I never imagined that it would come this far. Over the course of these 100 episodes, I had the privilege of connecting with remarkable guests, diving deep into the world of coaching. And this podcast has become a resource of inspiration and growth and connection. And I am so excited and proud of that. Absolutely, Melinda, you have come so far. And let's also reflect back on the journey that brought you and I together, the growth we've experienced as coaches and business owners and business partners, and the incredible insights that we've gained all along the way. We're going to be sharing some of our favorite episodes, both chosen by our wonderful listeners and our amazing staff at Miracy, the company behind the podcast network, Miracy FM, and a few of my favorite recordings. But it's all because of you, our dedicated listeners, your support, your feedback. We could not have reached this milestone without you. So really, thank you so much. And as a token of my gratitude, we've got an exciting surprise for all of you. In honor of this milestone, we're launching a special sweepstakes where you have a chance to win a fabulous prize, which I'll share with you later in the show. And we're going to announce the lucky winner on August 30th. So be sure to participate, but I'll share more details in just a bit. You are such a tease, Melinda. Anyway, before we reveal more about the sweepstakes and the prize, let's start with sharing some of our crazy stories about how we got together and created an amazing business because it wasn't all peaches and cream. It was interesting. There were some interesting experiences along the way. And Kate and I, we've been in business. What? We started Coach's Console together uh, 19 years ago. And you've been a guest on the show as well. Uh, For our listeners who may not know who you are, before we really dive into our stories, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background with us? Sure. Um, So I started coaching in 2000, I think it was. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I always had a dream of having a team of coaches and 
you know, having a, a much larger business. But anyway, I have a crazy background. I've done all kinds of stuff. I've, I've worked on cruise ships. I've been traveled all over the world and I've been a business person and owned other businesses. And when it came down to it, I said, how can I put all of the things I've learned in my life together and make something new about to it? And coaching came along. As a matter of fact, when I wanted to know what my job was going to be next, I called people and I said, what do you think I should do? And someone said, you should be a coach. And I said, I don't even like sports. And another person <laughs> said, you should be a coach. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And finally, my sister said, and I thought, well, she knows I don't like sports that much. And so I looked it up and there I found, oh, okay, now I get it. So that's where I'm coming from. You bring a lot of adventure to what you do with your background, your experience. I mean, you you were a UPS driver. Yes, I was that director. <laughs> who combines those two things together? And I love how you bring it all into your coaching business. And you have been, well, now you've been coaching coaches and all kinds of business owners. And I remember when we first met, you were my first coach. That's right. I wanted to explore what this coaching thing was. Now, interesting how we connected the very first time before we even became business partners. I was signing up for a ski trip. It's another thing that Kate and I have in common is we love skiing. And Kate and her husband were leading a group of, I think there was 40 people that went on that ski trip. And there was a spot for a single female traveler. And the Melinda back then, I cannot even believe I got on a plane with 40 strangers. I'm like, what the heck am I doing flying across country with people I don't know? But I wanted to find out about coaching and Kate was a coach. So we would write up the lift and I would be like, what is coaching? How does it work? You can get paid for this. What do I have to do? And I'm like, la, 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 la. I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember you told me the best way to really learn about coaching is to experience it. Yeah. And you asked me, you invited me to go to a local, a regional ICF conference. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I found my people. And so I hired you as my coach and just really got to experience the power of coaching by being your client. And you were kind of helping me put the pieces of my life together. A lot of our listeners have heard um, the napkin story. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on our website and uh, you can read more about it. But I had this heard this voice. I didn't have a vision, but I hear voices when I get those epiphanies. It never comes in complete sentences for some reason. So I had these phrases of eliminate burdens and distractions. Now you'll do the same for others. Help them live their God-given potential. And I, I didn't know what all that meant. And after a while, Kate, I remember sitting with you at one of our coaching sessions at uh, a Starbucks in mm -hmm. Barnes & Noble. And you said, I, I made a comment. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing because I had filled my practice in a matter of months, had replaced the income from the job I got hired from. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing that I get to do this awesome thing called coaching. I'm making this great money. Like coaches are so lucky. I said something like that. And you're like, hold on, sister, <laughs> that's not normal. And that's yeah. when I brought out the napkin and shared it with you and said, you know, I don't know what this means. But in that moment, I was like, oh, that's what this is. I can help other coaches eliminate the burdens and distractions of their business. I can help them live their full potential. But a funny thing I remember is when, I, when you and I were working together and I got to the point of, okay, now setting up your business. So I handed you a stack of papers about <laughs> two feet high. And Amanda is this process person. I'm not. And she put everything out on the floor and she set it all up. And she came back 
to me, the coach, and said, well, I'm going to put this online and that online and they can do this. And they're going to, I'm like, well, dang, I want that. And so (laughs) that was part for me thinking about this. And then Melinda got this amazing download and there it was. And I think you still have the napkin, don't you? I do. It's framed. I should have brought it out. Uh, It's (laughs) framed. And uh, for the longest time when I had my office arranged a different way, I would see it as soon as I would walk into my office before I sat down. So I always remembered my why. Can we tell them the story about the boas? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can can we? So let me start. So one of the things we did when we first started the business, and it's called Coach's Console, and hopefully you've heard of it. If not, you ought to. But what we did was we went to conferences. And so we went to a, I think it was a Coach U conference, and it was in um, Louisiana in New Orleans. And we had a day before the conference, and we walked all through the crazy New Orleans. Oh my God, it was so fun. And when you go into these shops, I call them crap shops, crap shops. When you go into them, they have boas and funny hats and all kinds of feathery things and, you know, cool stuff. And I said, oh my God, Melinda, we have to wear boas. And so sure enough, we each found a boa and we wore them. Well, it started out where we thought about wearing them. And I said, Melinda, we have to wear them when we're at the... She said, over my dead body. <laughs> we're not wearing these at the booth. I couldn't believe she even had the idea. And I looked at her and I said, well, yes, we are. We're wearing these. And my husband was with us and he wore a pimp hat. And <laughs> I want you to know <laughs> that even though Melinda was horrendously embarrassed at first, what she realized was we became known as the Boa Babes. And everybody came to our booth. (laughs) It was incredible. I could not believe it. But I remember when we had on the Boas, all of a sudden people were like, oh my gosh, ladies, what are you doing? People would come up and talk to us. They would come up and pet the Boas. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness, this is interesting. And it just let down everybody's guard. And we just were able to create fun energy, great exchange, good dialogue. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, by the way, what do you do? What are you struggling with in your business? Hey, did you know we have this? And like, oh, let me check this out. And it became the genius marketing strategy. And then next thing we know, the owner of the conference, he's like, so are the Boa Babes coming back next time too? And we're like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it was the coolest, most unexpected marketing strategy Uh, So kudos to Kate. She's known in our business partnership as the queen of fun. I'm the queen of efficiency. Mm -hmm. And over the past 20 years, she has taught me how to have fun in everything we do. And I've taught her how to be efficient in what we do. And it's been a a very cool match. But that's the story of uh, how we became the The Boa Boa Babes. Babes. Yeah. So I, I just want to talk about Just Between Coaches for a few moments. We've had so many fantastic episodes over the almost two years that it's been live, and we're thrilled to share with you today the ones that have been most popular among you, our listeners. We're excited to talk about these episodes and what we think made them stand out, and we hope you enjoy revisiting these episodes with us. So let's take a look at some of the most popular ones. We gathered the data from all the episodes to get the top three that had the most downloads and listeners. So let's take a look at them. And Kate, would you share the top number one episode with our listeners? 
Absolutely. The number one episode called Using Your Intuition with guest coach Taryn Laxo. It was season one finale in 2022. And you and Taryn talked about leveraging your intuition without forcing it onto the clients and how that requires trust and vulnerability and practice, as well as allowing the clients the space to co-create their own transformation. Let's hear a short clip from that episode. What are some other ways that you have cultivated being vulnerable, listening to your intuition? What are some of your practices to cultivate that? A hard and fast technique that I really practice on a daily basis is quiet moments sprinkled throughout my day. So whether it's two minutes of breathing, two minutes of of focusing on the texture of my toothbrush as I'm brushing my teeth is quieting down the mind chatter that's going on a continual basis allows me to access that intuition a lot faster. So retraining my brain to my whole body brain, right? We're not just the brain up in our heads, but the brains that are sitting in our gut and in our heart and our nervous system, all of those are available for intuition to flow through. Taryn Laxo, she's a leadership and mental fitness coach. Uh, She guides her clients through a journey of overcoming limiting beliefs and just really igniting their confidence. And she came and discussed intuition with me. And I remember how we discussed the, the topic of trust. It's such a big part of tapping into our intuition. We have to trust ourselves, trust the moment. And we've got to slow down, listen, trust, and be fully present. And, and the more that we can practice being fully present in ourselves as we're engaging in all parts of our business, I mean, that's where the magic can really happen. And one of the favorite things from that episode Uh, with Taryn, she walked us through the different levels of listening. Level one listening, she talked about, you know, you just listen to your own thoughts in your own brain. Level two listening is being excited and curious about what the other person has to say. And she described level three is that 360 degrees of listening where we pick up on everything that's going on. And then level four, which is my favorite, that's being attentive to what's not being said. Wow. And again, The episode's title is Using Your Intuition with Taryn Laxo, and I urge you to listen to it. Uh, It's great. You'll find the link to the episode in the show notes, or if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll find the link down below. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, and it reminds me of another story in our business journey. When we were hiring one of our business coaches, Justin, uh, and we did not have enough money to do so. Do you remember that story, Kate? Oh my God. First of all, Justin was a, a genius around helping, well, not so much helping people. We didn't know that, but he was a genius around being able to make things happen and know what the steps were to create a launch. And to us, that was brand new and we were just not there. And Melinda and I looked at each other and he, he was fabulous. He gave us an actual video which told us how to do almost everything. And in the end, he said, ladies, if, and he always called us ladies, which was fun. Ladies, if you choose not to hire me, that's fine. You can just follow everything I've explained to you. I've given you everything. And he had. And the two of us looked at each other and said, 
No, we need him to support us through this process. And then when we heard the number, (laughs) the two of us were like, you know, that feeling of something just comes up in your throat and you're like, oh, but what we discovered was we couldn't afford not to hire him. Yeah. I remember, I remember that moment when we saw the number and I'm like, Kate, our budget is right here. This amount does not exist anywhere. <laughs> and I went back, I remember going back to what he said at the end of that when he said, ladies, you, I remember he said, you're very smart, talented, resourceful women yep. and you can do this. And he believed in us. And that was a big part of it. And I was like, you know what, Kate, we aren't smart. We are talented. We are resourceful. And we could probably figure this out. But I remember that, oh, my God, when we start doing the, because he recorded four strategies for us. And I remember thinking, okay, that strategy makes sense. But when I thought about implementing it, and then I was like, but what happens when I run into a question that I don't know the answer to? Or I get stuck or something doesn't work. I did. I was like, we can't, we don't know how to maneuver ourselves, or we already would have. And I was like, we have to find a way to do this. And the other thing was we knew even if we could do it ourselves, it would take way too long and be way bumpier a road. Why not work with someone who knew all of the steps ahead of us? I mean, let's be, if we're smart women, let's be smart women. We just have to figure out the money. And because he laid it all out, I remember he said, with this strategy, it'll take this amount of time. And when you implement it, it'll bring you X amount of revenue. And with this strategy, it'll take this amount of time and bring you this amount of revenue. So we could map out and it's like, okay, in X number of months, we do this, this, and this. We will have more than paid for what it takes. So let's get busy. And by this date, we have to make this much money. And we got busy and we did it. It was awesome. That was when we crossed the seven-figure mark. Finally. Oh my gosh, I felt like we were stuck. We were at that cap forever, but we finally crossed that milestone. And uh, and had pretty, we not hired awesome. him, had we chickened out and said, "Oh, we can't do it," I don't think we we would have gotten there. But it would have been a heck of a lot bumpier road, and it would have taken a lot longer, I believe. Oh my gosh! And we've done some crazy stuff, Kate. I mean. We've got more of it to share, but let's continue celebrating our 100th episode. I just want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude again for the listeners' continued support. And this episode is a celebration of our shared growth, our passion for coaching, and the incredible connections that we forged together. Absolutely. And, you know, just between coaches, most of us are solopreneurs, individuals, And we don't have a place to go where we could hear the ideas and thoughts and brilliance of others always. So to have just between coaches, it's brilliant. It gives you that opportunity to listen to other people's brain power and learn from it. And to me, this is one of the most important resources for coaches. And that's why we created this. And uh, thanks for sharing that. And speaking of the show being a resource... The second most popular episode, it actually surprised the team, but in a really cool way. It's about feeder courses. And I had the pleasure to invite Mary Williams, who's the founder of Sensible Woo. I just love her business name. And she, at the time of the episode, she was also part of the Miracy team. And she is a system geek like myself. And she teaches highly sensitive and neurodivergent online business owners how to replace chaos in the back-end business operations with those harmonious processes and systems. Like she speaks my language. Boy, I needed her. (laughs) (laughs) 
We are two kindred spirits, that's for sure. And this episode came about because of a listener question that was sent to us asking about how to incorporate freebies into their coaching practice and not sell yourself short. Cool. So let's hear a little snippet of what Mary and you had to say about feeder courses and what are they and how do they help your coaching business? Yeah, you know, I I love a good food analogy. (laughs) And I like to say it's kind of like, you know, you go to the ice cream store and you're like, well, I don't really know what flavor I want. And what's the first thing you want to do? You want to taste it. And I feel like consumers with courses are the same way. You know, how do you know you want to spend weeks and weeks and also lots of dollars on an experience and a feeder course can be a very easy, low priced entry point for somebody to not feel the pressure of making that big decision so that when it does come time to make the big decision to do the deeper work with you, it becomes a no brainer decision. Right. It's just the natural next step. Wow. So what were your takeaways, Melinda? Why were you surprised or were you were surprised it was so popular? I wasn't surprised that it was so popular because it's one of the things that a lot of coaches struggle with is how do I get people into experiencing me? Because once they experience me, they're going to love it and they're going to want more of it. But how do I do that? And so I wasn't surprised that this was a popular topic. And I love how Mary described how that feeder course guides people into your funnel, right? It, it creates kind of a stepping stone so they can just kind of dip their toe in, see if you're the right person and guide for them. Do they resonate with you? And really see if they're ready and committed to take those steps. And I really love one of the tips. I remember one of the tips that Mary gave our listeners about um, how to avoid giving away too much in your feeder course, too much content, too much material. And she said that it's advisable to create it after structuring your main program. So you get your main program first and then create your feeder course so it can be just a sample of what's to come. I loved that tip. And You know, feeder courses, they're a great way to test the waters of your products and services. And it's also a great way to grow your business. So cool. So now that I think about it, another uh, crazy thing, this is a bit, this is kind of embarrassing to tell this story, but we'll tell it. Another another crazy thing um, that you and I did um, in the early, I guess it was the early years is we have to tell them when we were invited to a mastermind. Now, <laughs> it's more than just being invited to a mastermind. Um, but uh, yeah, you want to you want to share some of that story? Yeah. I'll let you start with that story. Wait, if we you, had if you to. Yeah, sure. We had started um, doing weekly calls, and it was called Thursdays at three. Um, and every Thursday at three, I invited someone on, sort of like a podcast, but it was a, an opportunity for them to deliver information. So we come up with a list and we had this weekly call and I would work with them on the call and they would tell about their thing. And at the end of it, they would offer an opportunity. And it's such a great way of selling things because nobody has to buy and they've learned. So we love doing it. And at some point in time, it was a Bill Barron, I guess, had a contest. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, we'll do that. I love contests, by the way. And I love winning. So <laughs> we had this contest and I, we ended up having the most sales for him. 
And so it was shortly after that that um, another person, Christian Michelson, called us and said, hey, would you like to join our mastermind? And I said, sure, let us know about it. And so he sent us the information. Well, you had to have 10,000 people on your mailing list. Nope, we didn't have that. You had to be making a million dollars or more. Nope, we didn't have that. And I forget what the last thing was. Do you remember? I don't even think we looked at it because we didn't meet the first two requirements. Yeah, so I never responded. I just said, oops, well, we certainly don't make that. So I get a call from, um, I think it was Bill Barron. And he said, hey, how come you didn't want to come to the thing? I said, well, we don't meet any of your criteria. He said, you're kidding. How could that be? You won my contest. How, co- how many people are on your mailing list? <laughs> I said, I think at the time we had about 4,000 people or something on our mailing list. I mean, it was not a lot. He said, how did you win? It was, it was not 10,000. Yeah. No. And they said, he said, well, our list knows us. We know them, and we only bring on people that we know are valuable to them. They believe in us because we never steer them wrong. And he said, well, dang, you need to be in this group. I said, well, we also don't make a million dollars. He said, I don't care. You need to come. We, I like what you're talking about. And so <laughs> there we were. Now you have to tell the story, the other story about being there. That's the embarrassing part of it. Thanks. I, I was hoping you would do it. So those weekly calls that Kate was doing, it's how we were bringing in our really well-vetted JV partners that helped our audience and clients fill a gap that we didn't address, but they were struggling with. And so we just really created a lot of trust and rapport, both with our JV partners and with our audience and our list. And so we go to this mastermind and it's filled with all of our colleagues. Many of them Kate has hosted on the weekly calls. We've supported and promoted their launch They've, some of them have promoted our launch. Like these are our colleagues. And many of them, we were just meeting for the first time and they were our potential JV partners. Like when I think about growing the business, I remember going, oh my gosh, if we could just get a few of these as JV partners to promote our launch to their audience, it's going to be a game changer. So it was a high stakes experience. It was not just a mastermind. Like there was the whole point of this summit was JV partnerships creating and cultivating them and lining up who was going to promote who and when. And this was scary as shit, just saying. Scary. I mean, it was, we were Woo. nervous. Talk about feeling like a little oh. teeny tiny fish. In Imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember at the, uh, in our hotel room, we had to talk each other out of all the negative self-talk that was going on. It's like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. So we're in this mastermind and everybody is given a chance to do, I don't know, like five minutes of presenting your next launch, what your offer is, what kind of partners you're looking for, what the dates are, like all the details. And at the end, everybody exchanged, I'd love to support your launch. Yep, I'll do your launch. How about you do mine? Yes, I can do that when you do this. And it was just an easy way to do it. And feedback. They gave you feedback on what you were presenting and you know, how it looked and, you know, what they thought you could do better or differently or whatever. So it was really good. And we had listened to what, five or six of them, and it was going to be our turn. And we were shaking in our boots to say the least. So in the end, I said to Melinda, I said, well, we need to just tell the truth. We don't know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. We, we got up there and they're like, okay, tell us about what you do. It's like, well, we have the coaches console and it's a software to help coaches with their business. And they're like, yeah, but what do you do? I just said what we did. 
we offer a software that helps coaches in their business. And they're like, yeah, but okay, I get that you have a software, but what do you do? What does it help coaches do? And I'm like, it helps them organize their business. And we went round and round and marketing has been something I've had to work at diligently to do. Um, For most of the people in this room, marketing was really good. I'm a features girl. I'm a systems behind the scenes girl. So let me tell you the features, my head can connect why it's going to be great. But I couldn't articulate that. And so I remember one of the gals in the room, Lisa, and she's like, okay, ladies. And she just broke it down so simple. When they use your software as a result, what will they be able to do different, better, faster? And we stumbled through that. But up until that point, it was like, it was so excruciating. We actually were crying. We're standing in front of this mastermind, tears streaming down our face because I'm like, oh my God, this has been the biggest, most epic fail ever. I am humiliated. I am embarrassed. This is, I cannot even believe this is happening. I, I've got to pump, pump it in too, though. But part of the tears, for me anyway, was, oh my God, these people are so willing to support and help us get out of our funk here and get to where we need to be. And that touched my heart to no end. Like they gave us all these great ideas. And the more ideas I kept getting, because they would pass notes around to you at the end of your 10 minutes or whatever it was, it felt like three hours. Um, and, and each one I'd open, I would cry more and more because it was like, oh my God, thank you so much. This makes such good sense. Basically, we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, we were, we didn't have any idea what we were doing and uh, they were so generous and I truly learned collaboration over competition in that moment because they were truly our competitors, right? They're going after the same ideal client. They just teach different stuff, but it was really, this is a collaboration and we're doing this together and I never leave home without a coach and without a mastermind. I'm part of it to this day uh, because it is a, a game changer, but that, whoo, that was a not so fun moment in our business. That's for sure. It was big learning. Boy, were we outside our comfort zone. Woo! Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's been a roller coaster ride being an entrepreneur. It is not easy being an entrepreneur. That's for sure. But it is so much fun. It's one of the most rewarding experiences, and hopefully, newer coaches are getting insights from what we share here just between coaches and even some of the stories that Kate and I have been sharing uh, as we've been celebrating this 100th episode. Yeah. And I'm sure they get lots out of it. But I do think it's time that we remind our good folks about the sweepstakes. Uh, Linda, what's that about? Okay. We have a fun and easy sweepstakes planned, which I'll tell you about a little later. But right now, I want to talk about the prize that one lucky listener is going to win. And we're going to be giving away an awesome ring light kit. I actually use it. uh, If I could show you my whole setup, I've got this ring light that I keep above my desk. It just stays there the whole time. And so as I'm doing my podcast, when we're on video, or when I'm creating video for our courses or webinars or whatever it is, when I can use that ring light above my camera, it just really creates... Uh, a clearer picture, a a much more professional presence. And so we're going to be giving away a ring light kit to one lucky listener. Oh, that's so exciting. You know, since the pandemic, so many of us as coaches, we've been entrepreneurs, we've been doing things online through Zoom or whatever. 
and giving courses and webinars and workshops. Oh my gosh. And a good ring light makes all the difference. Everything looks better with a ring yeah. light. Yeah. Even if you're just doing like my dad and sister and I, we do like father-daughter Zoom meetings. So if you're just talking to family or maybe you're on Zoom with your clients, it just helps you look your best. Uh, so yeah. keep listening and I'm going to reveal the rules a little bit later. Okay. So what we said earlier was we were going to share the top three episodes. So what's the top number three most listened to, Melinda? Well, this is a fascinating one. It's about lying. <laughs> How can we tell if our client is lying? Oh. And I remember when I was preparing this for this episode, I'm like, lying? We cannot talk about lying. <laughs> our, our clients don't lie. <laughs> oh, yes, they do. <laughs> I had a very funny, visceral reaction to this. And the guest uh, was Liz Scully, and she is fascinating. She worked 20 years in the film industry and then became a business strategy coach running mastermind groups. And she was training other coaches how to run masterminds effectively. And she, where a lot of this came from, she was trained in FBI interrogation techniques. So she and I talked about different types of lies how to detect them, and what you as a coach can do when you sense a client is lying. And we're going to play a short clip for you all to get the gist. And as Kate said earlier, you'll find all the links to the full episodes in the show notes and below if you're watching on YouTube. So that's what security people are looking for. And as a coach, that's what you're also looking for. How does your client normally react? Have they suddenly become evasive? Are they not looking you in the eye? Have they suddenly got very, very quiet? Have they started looking down? Or, or there's sort of classic things that we all know. If you put your hand in front of your mouth, sometimes you're sort of inadvertently trying to scoop the, the lies back into your mouth so you're not sharing them. So you're looking for things that don't match from that normal baseline behavior. And so when it comes to lying... And these micro expressions, like you talked about some of them, several of them, you'd either have to be, you know, as a coach, coaching in person or on Zoom. So you can pick up on some of these nuances. A lot of coaches are on the phone. So how do you hone in on those kind of signals or signs if you're just on the phone with somebody? I actually hear lies better than I see them. I loved interviewing Liz that I remember talking to her about this and it was such a juicy and fun and funny episode. And I remember talking about those micro expressions that she was going into in that clip. And one specifically that I've always picked up on, I didn't really understand it or know what to do about it. But when I'm talking to people, I will see them take, I don't know if you ever noticed, they'll be like, and you can just see this big gulp happening. And I've always intuitively sensed, I'm like, are you, is there something you want to say that you're not saying? And I'll often ask, you know, is there anything you want to share? And they'll be like, nope. And I'm like, mm, hmm, but I never really knew what it was rooted in. And it was so fascinating to hear and learn all of this from Liz. And, and I loved how she described that it's about understanding and processing those expressions, whether we see them or hear them or feel them. It just really helps us to identify patterns in our clients and recognize when those patterns change so we can pick up often on what's not being said. Why do you think this came among the top three, Kate? Well, you know, I do think that um, coaches usually know when their clients aren't telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so to speak, <laughs> um, because 
I guess we just know. I think it could be intuition or it could be being very good at catching the signals, whether they're body language or, or things like you said, the gulp. But what we don't always know is how best to deal with them. So I think what I loved about this episode was that she talked about that it happens and then some ideas about how to deal with it and what to do when it happens. I know for me, I'm a very straightforward coach. And so I would always say, well, I don't think that's really true what you just said. <laughs> but that's not always the best way to do things. <laughs> you, you've done that with me many times on our coaching <laughs> calls back in the day. <laughs> the bottom line for me is that, yes, it happens. And to be able to know what to do about it is so, so important. And bringing it out to the public to, you know, look, look at it right in the face. It's great. So, you know, we wanted to find out favorite episodes of the Miracy team. So we asked the Miracy staff for their favorite episodes. And Josh Bowen, a copywriter on the team, chose Liz Scully also. Because he said, and let me let me read to you what he said. He said, I appreciate that Melinda and Liz didn't have a black and white answer about lying, but instead talked about how lies are different. How you react to them should be different too. I also appreciate how they both seem to learn from the conversation rather than just talking past each other or simply agreeing with each other on everything. That is a great comment. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that, Josh. So what are some of the other popular episodes among the Miracy folks, Melinda? Another one is about the imposter syndrome. We all know what that feels like. The thoughts that rush through our body and mind when we're in that state. Thoughts like, oh my God, who am I? I'm a fraud. I'm not as good as others. I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, those kinds of thoughts. And my guest in this episode uh, was Gary Frey. And Gary coaches CEOs and their teams as they scale up their business. And he also hosts the Anything But Typical podcast. Oh, that's a great topic. Let's play the snippet for that one. How did your background impact your experience with the imposter syndrome? I think I hid it for a long time because I couldn't tell somebody, oh, hey, by the way, the reason I had to switch this job or that job was because I had a partner embezzling money. Couldn't do that. In Fortune 100 world, you can't go, oh, hey, you know, here's this gap of employment or here's, yeah, I didn't actually graduate. I had been given a job offer after my sophomore year, after I'd done an internship and my advisor said, you got to take the job. I can't get grads placed and you're working with a really talented designer. You got to take the job, which made the full ride academic scholarship go away. So I would reveal it when asked reluctantly, ashamedly, but then it was one of those secrets that I just couldn't tell anybody else. So I just suffered in silence. Yeah. I remember when he talked about suffering in silence and I was like, yeah, I think every one of us listening in can relate to that. And MJ Williams, she's a newsletter editor at Miracy. And she said this about why this is also her favorite episode. She wrote in, I've always struggled with imposter syndrome and the way Melinda and Gary spoke about it really put it into perspective, why I had those feelings of being less than. The seven weapons that Gary shared that can be used to overcome those feelings were extremely helpful. 
as was the reminder that being open about my imposter syndrome with others could create a safe space for them to be vulnerable. Thank you so much, MJ, for sharing that. So let's play a clip from another staff favorite, the last one. It's a great topic, the judgment engine, with guest coach Marissa Murray. Marissa is a leadership coach and development expert and the CEO of Leaderly International. And I had to really look hard at myself and say, sort of the chicken or the egg question, right? Are they not really leaning into this because I'm not making them feel safe enough? Or am I part of the cause of not being able to get their results? And so I did have to kind of wrestle. And when I looked at it, I could really see that the clients that were not getting the results were the ones that I had to own up to the fact that I was in my judgment engine far too often with them. Okay, that's a powerful exercise that any of us coaches, we should be doing, I don't know, yearly, quarterly, like really checking in and seeing how are we showing up across the board with our clients and noticing those patterns. That's very, very powerful. And so for the coaches that are listening, you know, obviously the best approach is to stop the judgment engine from firing up at all. But is it possible? Miracy's campaign manager, Maggie Dean, said this as to why this is her favorite. And let me read this for you. Marissa is a great guest with infectious energy that feels and sounds authentic. Anyone can benefit from listening to this episode, not just coaches, managers, people who want to show up as leaders, regardless of their role or title, parents. All of us can use the insights discussed as reflection and discovery. And Maggie's favorite takeaways when you're shooting someone and what that means, never should on yourself. What the three absolute truths are and how to use them. The judgment engine and how it flips in your mind where you emulate the thing you're trying to help a client with. The more you tame the judgment engine, the more you can enjoy the people in your life. The judgment engine becomes a barrier to connection. Wow. Maggie, thank you so much for sharing. And when Marissa and I were doing this episode and she was talking about shooting, I remember an exercise that one of my early coaches took me through. Kate, I think it might've even been you when it was you, was it you? (laughs) Yeah. When you said, all right, because I showed up and there was all kinds of judgment that I had about a certain thing and which meant I was complaining. That's how the judgment was coming out. And Kate called a timeout and she's like, all right, Melinda, you got five minutes to take the BMW around the block. You can bitch, moan, and whine for five minutes. I'm starting a timer. Go. At the end of it, we're moving on. And at first it was silly just because of the acronym and all that. But what I really learned was sometimes we have to like cough up the furball, get it out as a way to shut that down. And I really loved uh, in that episode how Marissa gave us all those different ways that we can not even ignite that judgment engine and what we can do if it does show up. It was a fun, fun episode to do with, uh, with Marissa. Very cool. So now I want to know what recording has been your funnest to do and why? You know, that's a hard one. I've been, I've been thinking about this, knowing that we're going to be coming up to this hundredth episode celebration party that we're having. And as I was reflecting on this, I was like, oh, I know. 
It's that episode, I think it's episode 61 with Barbara Hewson, when we dove into the topic of under-earning. When I learned this topic from Barbara 15 years ago, it was a game changer for my money situation. So I was like, ooh, maybe that's it. But then I thought about how much I loved the topic getting champagne clients when I had Dina Patton on. I think it's episode 82. And I use, I cannot tell you how many times I use what I learned from Dina in that episode in so many areas of my life, not even related to business. But then I remembered there was episode 90 with Rona Bennett of En Vogue. I mean, what the what? I got to interview Rona and talk about how she uses spirituality in her coaching practice. Oh my gosh, I loved En Vogue back in the day. So that was kind of cool. But when I really think about it, I think one of my favorite episodes was with Michelle Falzone, episode 41, Banishing Burnout. It's such an interesting question, Melinda, and I I don't profess to be the expert in, you know, the science behind burnout, but I, as a person who has experienced burnout, (laughs) can give you, you know, my personal experience. And so to me, when I think about burnout, I think about a particular day. And I was running a big business. I had two small children. The global financial crisis had hit. I was juggling many different things on many different levels. And I remember going upstairs into my bedroom and crawling into my walk-in wardrobe in the fetal position, just like done. Like I was, I had nothing left. I was exhausted mentally and physically and I just wanted to hide away in my cupboard. So that's kind of like about as far out there as I I have got. But burnout shows up in really extreme cases, you know, with ill health, with even death. Yeah, when I learned from Michelle how to stop that cycle of burnout, it really shed the light on, you know, as entrepreneurs, by nature, we are creators. We have ideas and we turn them into something. Otherwise, we just still have a job. And so because we're creators, it's easy to have the idea, create, have the idea, create, have the idea, create. Like that's just, there's the burnout cycle. But when she introduced a different flow and a different, some, some different steps to take, the exciting thing was two of the steps that she added in, I was like, oh, I already do that really well. But one of the steps that she talked about, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm missing that. And as soon as I started doing that, and as soon as I had my team start doing that in our projects, all of a sudden, the world became different. And I, I was able to stay in the flow with my business and with all areas of my life. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that is. You're going to have to go uh, listen to episode 41 and hear Michelle describe that news cycle. Uh, but I just, I love Michelle's energy. It's so soothing on such a heavy topic. And what she shares on the burnout loop I think it's something I believe that every entrepreneur should know from day one. As soon as they say, you know what? I'm going to have a business doing this thing called coaching. This is the very next thing I think they should learn. Yeah. And burnout is so sneaky. I mean, half the time you're burnt and you don't even know it. Oftentimes someone has to knock you on the head and say, "Uh, Kate, (laughs) you've gone over the edge. (laughs) So using her process definitely the way to go. You know, I was a guest on your podcast and I loved it. I know. Yep. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about your experience. 
First of all, it was great and such fun to just connect with you again, because that's uh, something we do easily. Um, and I got to share something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's a coach needs a coach and why. But so many coaches think they can't afford a coach and don't have one. And I got to share that heartfelt thing that was so important to me and why it's important, what changes it can make in who you are as a coach yourself. And nine times out of 10, you move forward so much more quickly. I mean, don't reinvent the wheel, learn from a coach who knows how to do it. So that was important to me. A coach needs a coach and why. So to me, this whole podcast concept of knowing different details from different people, and I don't want to call them experts. I want to call them people that have amazing mm, experiences to share with us. They've been there, they've done it, and they've learned about it, and now they've learned how to talk to people about it and teach people about it. So to me, a coach needs a coach, but a coach needs a podcast like this too. You bring so much to the community and it's really important how much you guys bring to the community. Um, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's huge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think the time has come for the sweepstakes one lucky winner is going to get a fantastic ring light kit, which is going to make your videos, your webinars, your Zooms, whatever you're doing look so professional. Okay, what are the rules? The rules to be in the running to win, it's so simple. All you need to do is follow this podcast. That's it, just follow the podcast. So wherever you are, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, just click that follow button and send us the screenshot showing that you've done it. If you're already a subscriber and you're already following us, thank you so much. Just take a screenshot showing that you follow us already and send that in. Now, one important thing, y'all. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can't enter the sweepstakes by following us here. YouTube doesn't allow us to do that. So go to another platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts on, or just look below and find the link where you can follow us to enter the sweepstakes. Now, the deadline to do this is Sunday, August 6th at midnight Eastern to follow Just Between Coaches and then send us the screenshot to podcasts at miracy.com. That's podcasts, plural, at miracy, M-I-R-A-S-E-E.com. Well, since they're already on their favorite platform, may they also leave a review? if they want to? Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you want to give us a starred review, we would be very grateful. And that's a good point, Kate. <laughs> Thank you for that. So we'll be sure to include instructions on how to follow us and enter the sweepstakes and also how to leave a review. We'll include all of that at miracy.com forward slash JBC. That's miracy.com forward slash JBC for Just Between Coaches. Or check out the show notes for the episode. And on August 30th, you could be the lucky recipient of this wonderful prize. So be sure to get your screenshot in before the deadline to be in the running. Oh my gosh, Kate, what a fun episode this has been. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Maybe a, 
a piece of advice for their coaching journey? I think the most important thing someone can do during their coaching journey is to be authentic. Somebody said, be yourself, it, you know, all the others are taken. So be who you are, bring your heart and your soul to everything you do. And that can only make a great coach. And I want to thank all of our listeners for your support in making this show a great and useful resource for everything around coaching. And that's the purpose for this Just Between Coaches podcast is to help you be the greatest version doing the best work you know to do in this world. I also want to give a thank you to the Miracy staff who believe in what we do with the show. And of course, to the podcast production team. I love doing this show. I love being the host of this show. And one of the reasons that I have so much fun and love it is because of all of those that are behind the scenes with me. And I I wouldn't be able to do this and do the amazing work here with all of our guests if it were not for the entire podcast production team. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. And Kate, thank you. Thank you for coming to the show multiple times. Thank you for co-hosting this special episode with me on this very special occasion. Thank you for being an amazing business partner, an amazing partner in crime, an amazing confidant, soul sister, colleague through all of this. What an incredible journey we've had. Oh my gosh, we sure have. Thank you, Melinda. And a reminder to you folks, fantastic audience that you are, don't miss the great opportunity to win a ring light kit. I mean, it's the coolest thing. All you have to do is follow Just Between Coaches on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or by the link in the notes below. Good luck, everybody. I hope you win. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. I'm Kate Steinbacher. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM Podcast Network, which includes nine other shows. They are Making It, Course Lab, Once Upon a Business, Blowing Up, For Better or For Work, as well as Soul Savvy Business, Self-Awakened Lifestyle, Behind the Launch, and To Lead is Human. Mishi Lance produced this episode. Matt Hanley edited the video. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production of the audio was by Post Office Sound. And remember, take a look at the show notes where you'll find all the links to all the episodes that we talked about today. You'll also find the rules and instructions for entering the sweepstakes if you need them, as well as the alternative link for entering if you're watching us on YouTube. And don't miss the chance to win a ring light kit. The sweepstakes ends at midnight, August 6th, Eastern Time. Thank you and see you next time. So I don't know where we are. Completely lost track. <laughs> One for the bloopers reel. We're at the top of page, or the men heading to the middle of page eight. Okay. <laughs> and Mishi's now, Mishi's now really grateful she's definitely <laughs> off camera. <laughs> I just haven't a clue.
Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.